On today's episode of Titus and Tate, Stanford is back. Whoa. We have a Pac-12 update, and mm. it's going to be centered mostly around the Stanford Cardinal, Tate, who have lost three starters, have yep. lost a home court along the way, but they are back in a big way. Just swept mm. Arizona. Mm. Uh, coming into this year, had lost 20 in a row against Arizona. I'll save it for the Pac-12. I'm, I'm, I'm spitting off too many stats, but uh, Stanford is back. That's this the is point. this is one of those days where we come into the studio and we think, is there a big story that we lead mm-hmm. off with? And when there's not, we say, it's the Pac-12. Me, it's the Pac-12. <laughs> the update. Pac-12 is a big story. Another big story <laughs> might be the wheels have completely fallen off for Michigan State. Yes. Uh, 37 they, points, Titus. Rutgers gets their first win <laughs> over Michigan State in program history. <laughs> and Michigan. Wait, what? Was this a Rutgers win or a Michigan State loss? My question to you quickly is, mm. Uh, who is having a worse time? Who, which fan base is having uh, the mm. worst time this mm. year? Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State. I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky. Probably I think Kentucky that they are. Still, yeah, yeah, they they are big blue, no nation. They are just upset. Right but now. boy, it's a race to the bottom with those three fan bases. Not, <laughs> an all around terrible, horrible, yeah. no good. Very. The worst bad year. part is if you're like me and you're a blue blood. And, you know, if you're you, like you, me and you're a blue blood. You get, you get thrown. You get thrown in the conversation. You know, it's like North Carolina is also <laughs> bad. Leave us alone. You know, I saw it on PTI yesterday. Just leave North Carolina out of it. <laughs> yeah. Six out of seven. I like how you cut out the, uh, if you're like me and you cheer for a blue blood, you're like, no, it's not my team that's the blue blood. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no. the blue blood. It's us. It's us. If you're like me and you're a blue blood. <laughs> uh, we're also going to do uh Big 12 SEC Challenge yeah. confidence pick. So we did this with the ACC Big 10 Challenge earlier mm-hmm. in the year. We got flamed for it when we uh, <laughs> um, put our picks public. People were killing us. They're like, what are you, you guys are idiots. You don't know anything. And then we basically got every game right. Except for Virginia Tech, yeah. Penn State. That was like the one we missed. And, and we got the, the one game that really mattered was the Hauser Bowl, so we didn't get that. Didn't so, get that one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, this Saturday, the SEC, the Big 12, they're all playing each other. All the decent teams. I a lot guess of good games. Four, four teams in the SEC don't get a play. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to Tom Crean. Uh, but we're, we're going to go through, if you listen to the show, we did it for ACC Big 10. You kind of know what's coming. But we're going we're gonna to pick our winners, give it mm. a confidence ranking add it all up and uh see who's see who's smarter as it pertains to <laughs> big 12 sec basketball yeah who would have thought what a time uh finally andy Katz is joining us it's friday we're excited for that uh we this has become uh, it, it is honestly I, I take notes all week about stuff i want to ask andy because uh this has become my favorite segment on the mm-hmm. show uh he gassed up boise state yeah they what got, happened they andy? got their ass kicked immediately uh <laughs> so we are definitely going to address that with them uh it is cold and rainy in los angeles but inside our studio the action is heating up we're getting to all of it, but first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, T, do you have an opening monologue or anything you want to – is there anything you want to hit before we get into the Pac-12 update, you know? I uh, think uh, – I just want to say this because I think a lot of people, you know, they ask us, they're like, what happened last year? There was no tournament. You know, what is the fallout? What does it look like? And, uh, you know, I had a number in my head. You know, I, I always kind of try to calculate these things. Like, how much money did we actually lose last mm-hmm. year? And, Mark Titus, the headline that I have today says that the NCAA last year, without the March Madness, without the whole experience, without the tournament, lost – $800 million. And uh, this is not Dr. <laughs> Evil, you know, asking for some crazy amount of money in Goldmember or one of those movies. This is just what the NCAA lost last year. They had, uh, I guess, insurance, so they made $270 million. Did they short back. GameStop? Stock? I, 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 I don't I, understand. <laughs> 
I just did not think that was going to be the number. Yeah. And uh, honestly, one billion somehow sounds less than eight hundred million. Yeah, I you know feel like I mean? if you've lost eight hundred million, <laughs> you might as well just set two hundred more million on fire just for the headlines. Yes, just like yes. just just to get to the one billion mark. Of like, this is what we lost. Uh, that can't uh, be right though. It's amateur sports, Tate. Yeah, I, I think that much money. Is I think saved. if that's the headline and you're a player on a team and you read that and then you were told that you're gonna have to get on a bus and drive 400 <laughs> miles to the NCAA tournament you may have some questions but, boy you know that's probably my big thought of the day 800 I mean, million the, the silver lining is when you read that headline you realize a tournament is definitely happening this year yeah but I don't know if it's silver lining because like uh, it could it, I, I don't want to go down that road but I, I but it is uh no matter what happens, there's going to be a tournament. And mm. that that right now, that's like a positive thing. It's like, yeah, there's definitely going to be a tournament. The world gets crazy. If the world is on fire, if every single team has – if every player in this country has COVID at the exact same time, mm-hmm. the tournament is still happening. And at that point, <laughs> I'm probably not saying like positive. This is a great thing that this is still going on. <laughs> this but is not positive. This is probably not great. <laughs> uh, but right now, you're like, all right, well, I, I'm if you're, if you're worried even a little bit about is the tournament actually going to happen, are we worried about mm-hmm. what – guys get COVID and, and what will happen if it, it, don't worry There's, the tournament's happening the tournament's it's happening they're not missing out on any really and, and Jay Billis you know our favorite Jay Billis will go out to the world and he will you know basically be the moral authority for you and I you know we cannot it's be wrong honest. it's wrong so he mm-hmm. says uh, basically tweeted today or yesterday that it was uh, the fact that we are at this point where we have 800 million dollars lost and we are still talking about this as if it's a regular degular th- you know what I mean he, yeah. he is just like Come on, guys. Let's open our eyes here. And it's it's our favorite <laughs> version it. of Jay Billis. You know oh, what I mean? Well, he's wearing all Under Armour gear as he's sponsored <laughs> by Under Armour. And he's like, what are we doing here, guys? He fixed the issues that uh, <laughs> nobody's disagreed with. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we agree. What do we do about that? He's like, what are we doing? <laughs> So Jay Billis put out a statement. He's like, I don't like these Wall Street guys. And I was like, great point. Yeah. I do love Billis. Though. He's Jay, the best. Jay, if you're listening, I, we I, love you. I do love we, you. We need you, honestly. We yeah, need we you to need, fight yeah, these yeah, causes. We need for you us. to, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of Jay Billis, he called yeah. the game last night, uh, Stanford, Arizona. I want to start there with the Pac 12 update. Um, That's Stanford, huge for the Pac 12, by the way. The fact that Jay Billis is. is calling that it kinda game. It kind of is. Yeah, yeah that, that, that Shulman and Billis were on the call, Pac 12 after dark. Uh, they, they were yep. in their homes, I believe. They didn't, they didn't make the trip to McHale's, McHale's Center, McHale Arena. Mikhail. I just called him Mikhail. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't make the trip, but they were at their homes. Uh, but yeah, it is kind of big that they got like, because uh, we love Bill Walton, but at the same time, you know, Bill Walton, Bill Walton on the call of a game doesn't mm-hmm. scream, this game is super important. Yes, yes. You know? No, no, no. It screams basically like, you have the basketball here if you yeah. want it, but also there's going to be an engaging conversation. It, it screams like, it. don't pay attention to the score. Just, just <laughs> turn your brain off and have yeah, a good time, yeah. which is like kind of what Pac-12 basketball has been for the last few years. Yeah, since at least 2009. Who cares? Does it matter if we're good, not good? We're all having a good time. That's what matters (laughs) most. Um, So, yeah, the Pac-12 might be back because Billis and uh, Mm. Shulman were on the call last night. Uh, Stanford wins. They they are without three starters. So, Zaire Williams is is dealing with the death in the family. Yep. Can I say this? I, I, I I don't like that I'm going to say this, but uh, I have doubts about whether he's going to come back. Mm. I, I have a feeling Zaire Williams, we might have seen the last of him. Between the knee thing, the, his knee injury he, he had early in the season, between like he's got the death in the family and, uh, you know, take your time getting back from that. We, yeah. It's a weird year already. He's got a high draft. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried too. I'm worried think. this is going to be a, a, 
uh, preserve your draft stock situation. And yeah, we might have seen the last. And for the people at home that don't remember, Zaire Williams was the, uh, you know, quote unquote, number one pick potential that we had at the Maui Invitational. He is the one that Teddy Valentine said, let me welcome you. Teddy Valentine broke him. I think when that happened, he was like, he indoctrinated him. He said, this is college basketball. And Zaire Williams looked at us and said, I don't think I want to play this. I think I'm done. Yeah, I think I want to go to the NBA. So, uh, after all that, uh, I could see, you know, potentially know. that being the case. But I think with Stanford becoming, you know, even more sure as a tournament team, yeah, I think that gives us more hope. Yeah, so. maybe he'll maybe he'll yeah. look at the landscape and be like, yeah, if I ball out in the tournament. So Michael Porter Jr. He's like, why yeah. don't I come back for the tournament? Come back just for the tournament. Uh, yeah, but Michael Porter Jr. is like, don't do it. He's he's out right now. <laughs> uh, Bryce Wills, who's the the guy who uh, stole our hearts in Asheville, is the guy that fell over all the time. Yep. He had yep. the. Uh, the Matt McQuaid situation, which is, is, <laughs> it stood out to me that he just like always would fall. And mm-hmm. I don't really, it couldn't really make sense as to why he wasn't flopping. He was just like finding his way onto the ground. He's out as well. Dejan Davis also out. So Stanford is without three starters. As we've been talking Two about five stars, by the way, Davis yeah. is also a five star. And obviously Zaire Williams yep. is a five star. As we've been talking uh, all year, Stanford has not been able to play at home. That, mm-hmm. that has been changed. Santa Clara County has lifted their restrictions. So Stanford would be playing back at home on February 7th, their first game back home. Uh, so this team has been, as I said, without three starters, without a home court. They've been on the road basically the entire season. And they're starting to put it together. They just beat UCLA mm-hmm. uh, in overtime on the Oscar De Silva layup at the buzzer. Um, the, the the game Johnny Juzang had 21 straight points. I, I think I gave him a shout on the last show. Yeah. That game, uh, they followed up beating Arizona, as I said, coming into the season, had lost 20 straight against Arizona. Mm-hmm. 20 straight games. They now have swept Arizona, who is not a bad team. I know Arizona uh, Arizona's not as good as Arizona usually is. Arizona is not eligible for the NCAA tournament. They did a self-imposed ban. So mm-hmm. uh, you might lead yourself to believe that Arizona sucks just because if you just pay attention to headlines and they're unranked and they're not going to the tournament, so you're like, that team can't be that good. They are good. Mm-hmm. They, they've, they're one of the better teams. Akin the Joe James, Akin Joe yep. came from Georgetown. And yeah. uh, Stanford just swept them. So I just wanted to shout out to Stanford Cardinal. They might be back. And, and, and whether – I was texting uh, – I, I, I'm Michael Wilbon. I, I, I catch myself being Michael <laughs> Wilbon. But anytime Stanford does anything, I reach out to Stanford Steve because yes, that's yes. it's literally his name. He's Stanford Steve. So I'm like, ah, oh, Stanford. Who do mm-hmm. I know? Stanford Steve. So I texted him. He's uh he, he's a little bummed out about Zaire, like the, the, the vibe of the program. But as I was trying to tell him, the whole reason I bring this up is because as I was explaining to him, maybe Stanford isn't going to go to a Final Four this year. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not like they're not going to win the Pac-12 this year. But the program momentum is there, Tate. They've been to one NCAA tournament in 12 years. It feels like they're going to make the tournament this year. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, the, the 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 program momentum. <laughs> I'm is knocking there. a wood right now. They're landing five stars. Yep. They they have Oscar De Silva is in the running for Pac-12 Player of the Year. I don't think he's going to win it. Evan Mobley is pretty clearly the front runner to me, but mm-hmm. whatever. We're throwing him in the conversation. But we got the seniority, so there's right. a chance we get the push late. And the program momentum and in, in at Stanford is very very strong right now. And uh, I just wanted to point that out because because we when we were growing up, and I just I we're, we're like eight years apart but i just but in general stanford was good during yes in the early 2000s as a reminder stanford was good they got three number one seeds in like a five-year span the lopez twins you remember them that was before the lopez this was the casey jacobson years they were they were awesome josh childress and then and then the lopez twins come along and then it's just been slim pickings ever since basically (laughs) and uh stanford's back so that's that's the that's the first pack 12 update bullet point and congratulations to jared Haas because i feel like jared Haas. you know he went to uab he had this kind of like weird down period where they were playing in these big tournaments but they weren't great and then he goes to stanford things aren't really working out as you would hope there's some you know maybe some hot seat questions to be asked but then the five stars come you yep. know and then zyra williams recruitment 
was a shocking thing. You know, everyone thought that he would be going to a UNC or going to UCLA. And when he picked Stanford, I think that was the moment where you're like, ah, what's going on at Stanford? And yep. then you look into the details. You see they have a real team. You see De Silva. You see the talent that they have there. And if they have the full squad, they could be a Final Four team potentially. You know, at least a sleeper team once you get to the tournament. And uh, they're not quite that, but they're fun to watch. I, I, I swear the they're – I think once they start – they probably have already started it. I mean, that's probably how they got Zaire Williams, but uh, you start paying guys in Bitcoin. That's uh, that was that's my billion-dollar idea with Stanford <laughs> yeah. and all the Ivy League, all the smart schools is, you know, Tennessee is still doing it the old school way. Jeremy Pruitt is, is stuffing cash in a McDonald's yeah. bag. I, I can't wait till Nate Oates is like, I got you some GameStops here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, he's like, you want to talk about chicks, man? And then he starts like, <laughs> yeah. fake What's going on, man? Like, <laughs> what y'all doing? <laughs> we love Nate Oates. Fortnite, huh? That's pretty tight. <laughs> We say, we still say tight. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's my billion dollar idea for Stanford is find a way to pay recruits in cryptocurrency, mm. and uh, that that is a great. I, I mean, like if you saw that headline, that's the way you get the internet behind Stanford basketball. That that would be a brand move if Jared Haas, if he if, if find an assistant to fall on the sword to be your fall guy mm-hmm. to uh, just to get the headline that Stanford was paying players in cryptocurrency, and then you fire that guy, but like. Mm-hmm. Boy, you've won the PR game because you're mm-hmm. paying. You're, you're, it, it it combines everything the internet loves: paying players, sticking yep. it to the NCAA, yep. cryptocurrency. Elon and, Musk is retweeting <laughs> it. Like that is a brand play for Stanford, and it's like it's perfectly ta- like tailored to Stanford because you know McDonald's and Tennessee are perfect for each other. <laughs> yeah, you know what right. I mean? And this is like the, the, their version of the McDonald's bags. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's good for college great. basketball so, because people are like, it's this one entity, but there's so much variation between the two. So right, but we're uh, all still doing the same. Thing. Uh, other other Pac-12 update notes. So, uh, speaking of Arizona, so they lost to... Shaw Miller, how hot is the seat? I mean, that's just all I'm thinking. I feel like this is the end. I, I watched his press conference. He was very red in the face. Yeah. He said that they were worn down as a team. Mm-hmm. Congratulated Stanford. Did all the right things. Checked all the boxes. But I could see it. I, I don't want Sean Miller fired for content purposes, but at the same time, if Danny Peters becomes the interim head coach... That yeah, is, that's good that for everybody. For it's not all bad news in Tucson, mm-hmm. Tate. Uh, they did lose to Stanford at home, but... They just got done sweeping Arizona State, who uh, was picked as – they were second in the Pac-12 coming into the year, right? UCLA yeah. was picked to win, and I think Arizona State was like the um, second pick, but also like but a they were national also the dark sexy horse. Pick. Yeah. yeah, they were the national dark horse. People mm-hmm. had them – and by people, I mean Andy Katz. Might have to bring that up. <laughs> uh, had them as a dark horse pick to maybe make a Final Four or whatever. It, it is an absolute disaster in Tempe. Uh, Bobby Hurley. So here are my notes on Arizona State. Well, I'll, I'll do the Bobby Hurley thing in a second. Uh, first of all, last Thursday when Arizona and Arizona, they, they played twice. They played mm-hmm. twice in like a five-day span, four-day span. Uh, they played in Tempe the first game. Um, Marcus Bagley's dad, also Marvin Bagley's dad, same guy, <laughs> uh, shows up wearing a, a sweatshirt that says F Tucson. I don't want to say cuss words. My, my, mm-hmm. my dad's been on me about mm-hmm. that. He's like, you cuss mm-hmm. too much on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It says F-U-C-K, the, the, the bad F word. Mm. Um, it says F Tucson on it, and he's just walking around the crowd just like happily getting his picture taken, wearing the sweatshirt. And uh, I just wanted to point that out, that that's the thing that's happening, that, that Marvin Bagley is I, – I didn't realize this. I So I, I the reason I guess I want to bring this up is I rescind my Marvin Bagley opinions going into that draft where like we've had to wear this for a while. because yeah, yeah, of course, because we're college basketball guys. We were like, yeah, I don't know. Marvin Bagley is a pretty good basketball <laughs> He's averaging like 20 like, and 10 in the ACC, winning ACC player yeah. of the year. People are like, are you kidding me? You think are Marvin you sure Bagley's he's good? good? And then like 
go check the tape. At no point did I ever say he was better than Luca, but I just, you I was know. just like I don't know anything about Luca, but I like Marvin Bagley. Even then, I'm rescinding the Marvin. I still think I would still defend Marvin Bagley's skill in the NBA. He's still a good basketball player. Like yep. he's not obviously Luka Doncic or Trey Young or whatever, but it's not like the guy is Anthony Bennett the way people talk about him. Um, I mean, people killed us for getting but, DeAndre Ayton. As the yeah, number one right, player. right, right. If DeAndre Ayton is going. I mean, he had twenty six and seventeen the other night, so he'll be. Fine. But I wanted to say, I wanted to officially say on the show, I am done defending Marvin Bagley. I've, I've, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know you were defending Marvin. Said, Bagley. I have. I've been like, I think he's a good player, man. Like, I don't know. I still think he's a good player. I still think like people just give up on guys so quickly. He will be a good player. He will be a good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't. I, I didn't realize like his dad was a little LeVar Ballish. So uh, I, I'm out. I mean, what's wrong <laughs> with Marvin Bagley having like a Derek Favors or an Ed Davis type career in the NBA? I'm not saying that he's going to be, uh, you know, a franchise caliber player. Okay. He's obviously, you know, stuffed with the Kings right now. They have too much talent. All these other teams are trying to, you know, poach talent from the Kings. So Marvin might get poached. And might go to another team and have a great career. You Don't never get me know. started on uh, the way rookies and young guys are treated by NBA Twitter. That's whatever. That's a, that's a the, the funniest thing about it is like in the NBA, like that you don't want to be in the gray area. I know this is a nice little tangent, but like you don't want to be too good too soon, right? Yeah. Because if you're John Morant and you're the seven eight seed already, well, guess what? You're not going to get any draft yep. picks to get better players on your team. You Fair can't point. upgrade your roster. You cannot sign free agents because you're in Memphis. So John Moran's going to be perennially a 7-8 seed at best unless he goes somewhere else. And that's what happens in the NBA. That's why people are like, why is LaMelo Ball not playing? It's like, hey, idiot. It's because Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are going to be trade pieces. Right. We need to lose so we can trade them, and then we can get better <laughs> players to play with LaMelo Ball. Duh, we're trying All to right. lose. <laughs> Duh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What a league. Got to love the NBA. Uh, I, so I, I, wanted, I wanted to bring that up first just to just – Get on record that I'm done with Martin mm. Bailey. So anybody like don't it, it, I didn't realize. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Moving on. Uh, the the real thing I want to bring up with Arizona State. Bobby Hurley. This is the Pac-12 update. <laughs> I thought uh, you're gonna say Marcus Bagley. Yeah. <laughs> so this be great. Bobby Hurley was uh, reprimanded for publicly complaining about oh, the refs yes, after the game on Thursday. Uh, he he was not happy with the way the officials called the game. The first Arizona game. Mm. Uh, the second game he didn't mind as much because his team sucked and he was like, we we suck and we're getting our asses kicked. But the first game is kind of close. Uh, Arizona State sort of choked it away on the the uh, we had the uh, NC State shot at the end of the game. Yeah, the to, air ball. Yeah, yeah, air ball tip in. Um, but yeah, Bobby Hurley officially reprimanded. Couple questions I have. Number one, what does that mean? What does reprimanded mean? Uh, <laughs> did, did, did you just get like a good man, bag to? man, reprimand? <laughs> I don't understand. I've never really understood. It. It's it's a very confusing terminology to be mm. reprimanded. But he was reprimanded. I don't know how many lashings that is. I don't know what the equivalent is. It's a fine. Does he? Yeah. He, he paid a fine to the Pac-12 for complaining to the official. Also, if he would have said the refs were bad both ways, do you think he doesn't get reprimanded? Mm. If you think mm. he would have complained about the refs, but he would have done the move where you say. Both ways, both ways. Yeah, yeah. I think we benefited in a lot I of ways that we should. You say both ways, and you also say, "Sorry, I'm a straight shooter." As long as you <laughs> yeah. say you're a straight shooter, everyone's like, "Look, this guy's no opinion. He's just being straight. <laughs> he's just, he's just, just calling it like he sees it." <laughs> so there's that, Bobby Hurley. You got to say both ways, man. That's the only way. If you don't say both <laughs> on, ways, coach. you're a whiner. You're a homer. <laughs> the moment you say both ways, nobody can criticize you. Yeah. So uh, this, this is this is complaining 101. Uh, also, Washington pulled off the the reverse mountain trip sweep. Uh, what that means is they beat Colorado and Utah at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it the reverse mountain trip. It's where you don't go anywhere. Like you that. bring the mountains to that's you. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bring the mountains to us. Uh, the reason that's noteworthy is that Washington is currently riding a two-game win streak date with a 3-11 and record. 
since Larry Scott has been fired, Washington is undefeated. Yeah, I they were gonna... one and eleven. Larry Scott gets fired, or, or no, I'm sorry. I, apologies to the, to the Scott family. They mutually agreed to yes, part ways. Yes, they parted ways. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. not fired. Uh, and Washington is now on a two-game winning streak with a three and eleven record. This is huge for Syracuse fans. I think everyone <laughs> at home, the Jim Beheim trying to get him back to Syracuse. Our producer Louise, she is feeling hot right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's great for Washington. It's great for Washington basketball and Quad A Green. Every single day we get closer to the 30 It's game. gonna happen. I feel it. I in my feel heart. it. Yeah. I feel. And if it doesn't happen this year, guess what? He gets to come back next year. This year doesn't count. I'm gonna so keep up with gonna... his whole career. He's gonna have 30 points in a Lithuanian China. game, and <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be like. That's my you guy. You did it. Congratulations. Coach uh, what else here? We got Evan Mobley. I wrote that down. Uh, I, I kind of glossed over it when I was talking about uh, Oscar De Silva maybe winning Pac-12 Player of the Year. I just want to shout out to Evan Mobley, who is he's definitely going to win Pac-12 Player of the Year. If Evan Mobley was on Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or any of these other teams, I think America would be enthralled with him. I watched PTI yesterday, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. The question was, will Duke make the tournament? And, you know, of course, the answer is no. Mm. And then Mike Wilbon's like, I know Coach K. And I was texting (laughs) him earlier, and Coach K told me that he can coach these guys to the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Kornheiser said it. He was like, I don't want to watch Baylor play. He was like, I don't care. And he was like, I don't know anybody on Duke, so I don't care. And then I was like, those guys kind of, to me, kind of sum up what college basketball outlook looks like. You know what I mean? So he was saying all this. And then I'm thinking to myself, I wish Evan Mobley just had gone to Duke. So at least they had like one had, guy yeah, that they yeah. could just like kind of point to and say, even though they suck, at least I know Evan Mobley. We thought it would be Jalen Johnson, but it's not really that guy. Matthew Hurt doesn't sell in that way. Um, right. So Evan Mobley being at USC, we need the national media to pivot. To what is it about him. USC that just like people want to ignore him? Infield. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I fall victim to it. I, I, if you ask me to name Pac-12 basketball teams, USC is probably seventh or eighth that I'd mention. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why that is. Like when Kevin Porter got traded, Kevin Porter Jr. got traded the other day. I brought up we went to uh, we watched USC play UCLA, and I remember watching him in that game. And someone was like, Kevin Porter went to UC- USC. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yes, yeah, duh, what? yeah. I, but also not duh. This is the, and by the way, this is like the best stretch of USC basketball maybe ever that we've yeah. ever seen from USC. And and not, not, I'm not like no this team. I don't mean Todd this team. Gibson. I mean like yeah. this last. Kind of this iteration, the Andy Enfield era might be the best. Yeah, no disrespect to Taj Gibson and OJ Mayo, and but that was that wasn't really an era. That was like a couple teams. <laughs> yeah, that's just a five star. That's just like a five. Like Andy Enfield every year, like you know USC is going to be pretty good. Yeah, but everyone ignores them. I think it's because they they're never like ranked. They're never ranked. That's mm-hmm. kind of the problem. Is they're always are, they're, they're like always receiving votes. Twenty two. Yeah, they're always receiving votes. <laughs> But is that it's like a feedback loop? Like, are they always receiving votes because nobody knows about them, and nobody knows about them because they're not receiving? We it's, know it's that Andy bizarre. Infield does not want to be known, but I do think at some yeah. point they need to get an assistant there, like that just has some cachet to go after people, yeah. talk some shit. Evan Mobley, absolutely a star. Uh, very. If, yes. if someone argued that Evan Mobley is the best freshman in the country, I I think a lot of people that are listening to the show would would think that's crazy. I'm telling you, it's not crazy. Evan Mobley like, could not, be the number one pick yeah. at the end of the day. Like yeah. Suggs, Cade Cunningham. Evan Mobley, who else? Sharif Cooper. Mm. Sharif Cooper is going to be a top five pick. Sharif Cooper is. He had 28 and 28 minutes his last game. That's insane. 28, 8, and 7 in 28 minutes. A lot of Missouri fans were happy, but. uh, Look, I'll tell you this. He plays like an NBA point guard, and the officials in college basketball treat him so. You know what I mean? Like, he's so good and polished that they're like, I guess I have to give him the whistle. Uh, But, yeah, Evan Mobley's in that group. Evan Mobley is every bit as good. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's my PSA. Williams, I thought, would be in that group. Well, yeah, yeah. That's my PSA, though, to all the people listening. If if your buddy's, like, very high on Evan Mobley and is like, I think this guy's as good as any freshman in the country. He's right. Don't laugh him out of the room. 
you make sure you know what you're talking about if you're going to disagree. That's all I would say. He's averaging mm-hmm. 17-9, two assists, three blocks. Uh, USC, by the way, is a game back of, of UCLA in the Pac-12 standing. So wow. and they got well, USC's got Stanford on Tuesday, I believe, at Stanford. So we're going to get to Silva versus Mobley. That'll that'll tell us a lot about Pac-12 Player of the Year, even though I think mm-hmm. Mobley's still going to win it. Uh, and then UCLA at home next Saturday. So. This would be a good stretch. If you want to pay attention to USC basketball, this is a good week to do it. Yeah, this is the year of LA also in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. officially. Uh, other notes, uh, the WAC has five teams that are undefeated in conference play. That's a Pac-12 update stat. Uh, mm. Grand Canyon is 4-0 in WAC play. Utah Valley is 3-0. and uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, which is a mm. real school, is yep. 3-0. Yep. New Mexico State is 0-0. And Chicago State canceled their season, so they're technically undefeated at zero and zero as well. So <laughs> same with the Ivy League. Yeah. There, there are five teams in the pa- in the WAC. I'm sorry, uh, in the uh, they, they should call it the WAC 12. They should add 12 <laughs> teams and just call it the WAC 12, <laughs> and it becomes the relegated league. You just spell it WAC W H A C K. Washington gets relegated yeah. to the WAC 12. Oh, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> their, their conference is called WAC. <laughs> <laughs> it's still work. I feel like when you get relegated, it should be reprimanded. Yeah, I, I, been I've re- been reprimanded to the WAC 12. You've been re- reprimanded. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the WAC, how undefeated are these teams? I don't know. They seem pretty undefeated to me. Five, I mean, they seem very the WAC might The WAC is the most undefeated conference in college basketball. Is what I, I mean, the Ivy League is, I guess, because yeah. they, didn't, they yeah. didn't play at all. But uh, the WAC has <laughs> five teams that are undefeated. The, Chicago State started the season. So like technically, mm. they are in the books as having a 2021 season. Uh, whereas the Ivy League didn't, yeah. so it counts. I think I think I, uh, Chicago State being undefeated, but yeah, th- there's that update. Um, also, the Utah Jazz are the best team in the NBA. Mike Conley's mm. going to be an All Star. Mm. Count that as a Pac-12 mm. update. Leads the league in plus minus, by the way, in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert fourth, so you get two Jazz guys mm-hmm. in the top four uh, in plus minus in the NBA. You got Quinn Snyder. Who, is plus uh, minus? I, I I can't ever tell. Like, do people? Is that like? Uh, are we laughing at that stat? Or is that I think like we're laughing stat? at yeah. it. I'm laughing at it. I mean, yeah. I I like the stat. It was something that you know when you got like a box score, you would always look at like sort of for fun, you know? Because yeah. you could see yeah, someone yeah, yeah, yeah. that was getting cooked, and you're like, I gotta see this guy. But plus it, it minus. does like it, it's one of those things that it works sometimes. You feel if, like yeah, yeah. Like it's one of those <laughs> things that like of course you're not saying that Mike Conley's the best player in the NBA. Although I might argue he is, mm. but uh, you're not saying that. But at the same time, it's like. If a guy has a negative, yeah, a couple hundred over the season plus minus, like you, you can't ignore that, right? No, you can't. And I mean, you have you, to like you acknowledge my that. My favorite that's used not to be good. Isaiah Thomas, little Isaiah Thomas, when he was with the Celtics, because it was like his plus minus was his scoring. Like he had to basically, the more he scored, it would go up, and it was just like this whole game of just like he's gonna get scored on every time, but he's also trying to outscore. So. Anyways, plus minus is stupid, but Mike Conley's the man. The Utah Jazz are great. I think they're number three in offense, number five in defense in the NBA. So that's what you're looking for. Top 11 defense is what you need to win a championship in the NBA. The last, you know, I think 18 championship teams have been a top 11 defense. Mm-hmm. The Nets are 25 right now for, for the people at home, but the Jazz, top five. There you um, go. So there you go. All right, so there's your Pac-12 update. Uh, our, before we get to Andy Tate, let's let's do our Big 12 SEC challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is real basketball yep. right now. Yeah, so we're locking in. those of you uh, that don't know what we're talking about, Saturday, Big 12 playing SEC and 10 different games on a network we won't name. You can figure it out on mm. your, your own time, but uh, – it, it's exciting. I like that they do this in the middle of the season or in the middle of conference play too. Shakes it up a little bit. 
Um, and yeah, so that's that. So uh, any other anything else? I was going to say this is our litmus test because you and I this entire season, we've been trying to figure out how bad is the SEC? You know, we right. needed to, to kind of run them up against another conference to see if this is the time we can take an Alabama and see are they actually, you know, a top this, 10 team. It feels and, like uh, just uh, when, when you say it out loud, it feels like. It feels like the uh, the Big 12 is going to blow the SEC out because the Big 12 yes. might be the best conference of college basketball. SEC, not that strong. But you look at the individual matchups, who knows? We're going to go through them right now. Uh, we're, we're just going to go in order of, of how they are played. So the first game that's going to happen is at noon Eastern on Saturday, Alabama at Oklahoma. Maybe the best game of the day. Might be the best yeah. game of the day. What is your pick? And remember, we're assigning point values to these, one through ten. Mm. Ten is the most confident you're in. One is the least confident. That's how the game works. What is your pick? And how many points? I'm going to go with five points, Titus. Uh, and this is because I'm not necessarily 100% confident, but I did watch this team beat Texas. And uh, I am a fan of Lonnie Kruger. Mm -hmm. I have always believed in Lon Kruger teams. I think Oklahoma, they have a really tough stretch. I think they have six ranked teams in their next seven games. So that's a little bit daunting. Life got, in the Big 12. They got to play Texas at Texas without Shaka Smart, right. you know, without Ramey. So mm -hmm. they got a nice little, you know, boost with a win there. So they're number 24 in the country. Alabama comes to Oklahoma. I like Alabama, but I think Alabama needs to get hit in the mouth one time. I think Oklahoma is a clinical, well-run team. I think this is going to be the first time they're like, wow, this is a real basketball team. So I'm taking the Sooners, uh, but, you know, confidence level five. So not not the highest, I, um, but I feel pretty good. We, with we are on the same page with our line of thinking. I think Alabama is a better basketball team than yes. Oklahoma. Yes. I same. think uh, I believe in Alabama long term more than I believe in Oklahoma. Yes. I, I can't stress enough that I like Alabama's team. But that's not the that's not what we're picking here. We're picking mm -hmm. who do we think is going to win this one game. I think Oklahoma's at home. I, I agree with you that Alabama uh, just feels like a game they get upset and they kind of readjust. They're, they're they're feeling themselves a little too much. John Petty's doing post game interviews where he's talking about how everyone wants a piece of Bama and they can come get it and like <laughs> they they just need a yeah. little they need a little adversity. I think I think this would be good for Alabama to lose this game, re reconfigure things, win the SEC, go undefeated yeah. in the SEC play, hit the you know peak at the right time. Alabama's peaking at the wrong time right now, and this would be good for them. So I'm picking Oklahoma as well. Uh, I'm I'm only assigning it three points because I don't really believe yep. in it. I think Alabama's the better team. I do, but I think Oklahoma's going to win. Also, Brady Manick, who has not been playing that much, I want this to be yeah. the game that he comes back, asserts himself. Austin Reeves has been great. Austin uh, Reeves has been yeah. – the Austin Reeves mystery is like, how has he gotten better but can't shoot now? <laughs> <laughs> like he, he can't shoot. That's a great point. But he's gotten better since he left Wichita State. Very confusing. But – uh. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun game. A lot of guard play. A lot of uh, Alabama is fun to watch. So like mm -hmm. it'll it'll be a shoot good a lot game. of threes. But all yeah. the Alabama fans listening, don't take it personally. We don't. We, I don't think your team. Yeah, save it for the real tournament. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just I, a challenge. I, I, you know, I, you got to get a little bold sometimes with these picks. <laughs> and I'm picking Oklahoma. All right, next game uh, ha actually happening at the same time. Texas A&M at Kansas State. Woof, woof, mm. woof. Do not watch a second of this game. This is by far the worst game. Not even by far, I guess, because there's another really bad one. But uh, this is this is a bad game. So let's. Just, we, I don't even think we really need to analyze. This yeah, game. I'm gonna take Buzz Williams, Texas A&M, yeah. uh, and my confidence level was seven because I watched Baylor blow out Bruce Weber's yeah. Kansas State team. And after I saw that, I said this team seems to be laying down pretty easily. So I'm gonna take Texas. Kansas State is very very bad. How how <laughs> yes. did they get so bad so fast? Remember when they beat Kentucky? You know Dude, what I mean? They, to go to the Elite Eight. They yeah. went to the Elite Eight and then followed it up by winning the Big Twelve, winning a piece of the Big yeah. Twelve. That was two years ago. Mm. <laughs> now they're they're the worst power twelve or power conference team. Are they the worst? God, I don't know. How bad's Vanderbilt? 
Is Kevin Stallings coaching somewhere? Yeah. Is Kevin Stallings coaching Kansas State? Uh, I picked Texas A&M as well. Nice. I, I assigned six points, but yeah, do not. If you're not a fan of one of those teams, don't watch this game. Even if you are a fan of one, of those, just do take a break. Better. Give take yourself a break. break. Give yourself yeah. a break. What a, watch what Evan a Mobley. Although if you're a Kansas State fan, this might be your best shot at a win. So maybe watch that. All right. So up next, Tate would be Texas Tech at LSU. That's at two Eastern. Um, how, how do you see this one? I'm, I, curious, I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> I see Mac McClung, and I see a Texas Tech team that I really uh, have grown to. I guess not love, but I adore. It's probably the right word. <laughs> I, I adore this team because <laughs> I, I I see you know love is a little too strong. I guess okay. I adore them because they're cute. I don't think they're gonna win the national championship. I should say, but I like them. I enjoy yeah. watching them play. I I like when we have a nice matchup, especially against a team like LSU. Um, a team that has some talent, uh, a team that, you know, can play up to, I feel like, most any team in the country because of that talent. But they also have days where they kind of throw in duds. So I'm going to take Texas Tech in this game. My confidence level was four because it's at LSU. Okay. Um, I could see LSU and Will Wade having one game where they kind of, you know, just kind of turn it on and get a nice right. win. So my confidence level was four, but I'm going to take Texas Tech at LSU. LSU definitely has the pieces, uh, but I, I against my better judgment, I'm also taking Texas Tech, but against mm. my better judgment, I'm pretty confident. I'm, I, I put seven points on this one mm. because to me, LSU, especially this iteration of LSU, is become – more about like the idea of LSU is better than LSU. This yes. Year. Yes. That is, that is like people want to talk themselves into believing that LSU is good. But if you actually pay attention to what they've done this year, they're not a good basketball. No, team. when you they have see, a lot of talent, yeah, you see it on paper have, and you talk yourself into it. And then the, you watch them yeah, play. You're like, never mind. They won the SEC two years ago. Yep. There's still some holdovers from that. They last year there, I think they finished second in the SEC behind Kentucky. Uh, th- th- there's, there is program momentum. You, they have a ton of talent. You're like, this team can – they can just put it together. They're not going to put it together. No. I don't think they're going to put it together. Texas Tech plays defense. LSU doesn't. I think Texas Tech wins. So I, like I, I put seven points. Uh, this is going to be a great game. Florida at West Virginia. Also, it's, that's going to be happening at the same time as Texas Tech, LSU. So have your remote ready. Both I think both those games could be pretty good. Um, how do you see that one? Yeah, this was a game where, uh, you know, if we had the full – like going into the season, I thought Florida was going to be – Tennessee and Florida were the two teams in the SEC I was excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Florida, we, we know the situation there. Their team kind of changed a little bit because they lost their best player, of course. Um, but To put it lightly. To put yeah. it lightly, of <laughs> yeah. course. Uh, and then they go to, they're going to go to West Virginia. Uh, I like West Virginia at home. I think that they have a nice little momentum going. Uh, you know, after Sheboy left, Sheboy left, um, you know, they had kind of the, the period of picking up the pieces and figuring mm-hmm. out our identity and seeing who we are. Then they've done all that. They figured it out. We watched them play Texas Tech. That was a good game. Um, you know, Mac McClung, you know, right down to the wire, almost got a win there for Texas Tech. But West Virginia held at home. I think they do the same to Florida, even though I think this will be closer than most people expect. My confidence level is six, but I'm going to take West Virginia. Are we going to disagree on anything? Because I also <laughs> take West Virginia in part because they're at home. Uh, I, yep. I'm, I'm assigning it five points. Uh, this is a make shots game to me. I think mm. the team that makes shots is going to win this one. <laughs> um, it could be Florida. Like and, I would not be shocked no, if Florida win this. Game. Uh, I, I say that jokingly, obviously tongue in cheek, but uh, in in all seriousness, Florida and West Virginia are both very inconsistent to me. Florida trying to figure them out without Keontae Johnson has been a nightmare for yes, me. Like I yes. can't figure out how for good everybody this team is. in the country. Yeah, yeah. They 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 beat LSU. They smacked Tennessee. They also got blown out by Kentucky. By Kentucky. Yeah. They lost at Mississippi State, who's not very good. Uh, but they're balanced. They have five guys averaging 10 points. It's like, like, yeah, I don't know what you're going to get out of Florida. Same with West Virginia. Like, they are winning, and they're climbing the rankings, and we saw them beat Texas Tech. But they're all over the place. The, the, four of the last five West Virginia games, I'm going to give you a rundown here, that they that they have played. So the, the one 
not included in that group. One of the five that I'm not talking about is yep. they blew out Kansas State, who is barely a college basketball <laughs> team. So the four non-freebies that West Virginia, the last four games, they lost 75-71 at Oklahoma, where Oklahoma blew an 18-point halftime lead and then hung on and won. So West Virginia was down big, came back. And and the point here is like, which team, like, are you the team yeah, that was down big? Or are you the team yep. that came back? I can't really figure it out. You end up losing Oklahoma. Next game, West Virginia's down 19 at Oklahoma State. They come back and win that one. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State kind of choked it away. There's like 11 minutes left. So again, it's like, which what's the takeaway from that? Is West Virginia, which team is this? Uh, they lose at home to Texas when when Andrew Jones hits the, the shot at the buzzer, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, the, the most recent game, they're down to Texas Tech. They're up on Texas Tech. Texas Tech takes a big lead. Mac McClung's going off. Then West Virginia comes back. Uh, Miles McBride hits the shot to win it. Mac McClung's shot at the buzzer misses. Uh, th- that it, it, West Virginia's hard to figure out. Florida's hard to figure out. This is a make shots game. Whoever I think it's a close game. Win. Yeah, this yeah, is going to be back and forth. This is a coin flip, but uh, West Virginia's at home, so I'm taking West Virginia for five points. Uh, up next, TCU at Missouri. I'll go first on this one. This yeah, one's the most confident for me. Ten mm-hmm. points. TCU uh, gave Kansas a good game in Allen Fieldhouse the other night, but um, I actually think that doesn't work in their favor. TCU plays at Kansas on Thursday, has to turn around on Saturday, go to Missouri. Uh, Missouri's pissed off. They played at Auburn. They The Missouri fans, Missouri team feels like they were screwed. The refs were bad both ways. Just got to say both <laughs> ways, and, and you'll be all right. Uh, Sharif yep. Cooper lived at the free throw line. Uh, I think Missouri's going to take it out on TCU in a big way. I got Missouri for 10 points. This is the most confident I am. I got Missouri as well, but with three points because I watched Mm. TCU play at Kansas. And for some reason in my mind, I could see TCU giving them fits. But I like the I like the mythology that you have there where they got, you know, kind of screwed, quote unquote, you know, by Sharif Cooper and Auburn. And then they're coming off that game. I think it's a quick turnaround. TCU went on a COVID break. Uh, The reason they played this game against Kansas, they're supposed to play Tuesday. Got bumped to Thursday because Jamie Dixon had tested positive. Uh, They come out of their COVID break. They, they or the game before. So this was their that was their first game out of the COVID break yep. was Kansas, and I think that that game told me more about how bad Kansas is than than gave me confidence in TCU. Yep. And also the game before TCU goes on COVID break, they lost by thirty six at Oklahoma. I don't think TCU is very good. They beat Oklahoma State. They 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 they've shown signs of life against teams, but. I don't know. This is Missouri has to win big. Yeah, confidence level three for me, but I think it should be higher. If Missouri so. loses this game, they should just opt out of the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, I think it's over. <laughs> so, it's a wrap. All right, this is the big one. This is the one everyone yep. should be excited about. Uh, at four Eastern, Auburn at number two, Baylor. Um, Jared Butler versus Sharif Cooper, two of the best players in the country. Maybe, maybe you could argue Jared Butler is the best player if you're a diehard Baylor fan, I guess. The best two-way player. <laughs> you could argue Sharif Cooper is the best freshman i don't yeah, know the, the, you're probably not right you could probably gonna be a top five pick but yeah. you could say that he i mean kate cunningham jalen suggs i say would be above sharif cooper but at the same time if you watch him play you could see what people are like i want that guy if you're an nba team so. he's averaging 22 9 and 5 <laughs> yeah, through, through six games dude what <laughs> uh and auburn is a completely different team with him obviously you yes. get a guy that caliber that joins him they're four and two uh in the six games that sharif cooper's played the two games they lost were by a combined six points this is going to be this, this. I mean, if Auburn is going to win, Sharif Cooper is going to have to go absolutely nuts. But Sharif Cooper's gone nuts in every single game he's played. Yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty much a guarantee that Sharif yeah. Cooper is going to have at least twenty and eight or something like yeah. that. You know, and yeah. you can you know obviously use your imagination from there. I have Baylor in this game uh, with a confidence level of eight. Um, I 
you know, I kind of talked myself all the way through this game. I could see Auburn and Bruce Pearl and Shreve Cooper going in and, you know, shocking the world and getting this mm-hmm. win. And we all look back and we say, wow, Baylor lost one game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shreve Cooper Shreve and Auburn Cooper. just kind of wrecked them that one time. Is Shreve Cooper the number one pick if he beats Baylor? I think so. I, think he's I, I do think I think so. Just, I, I, yeah. Especially when you see, like, you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland all, and, and quickly, all these young guards, you know, that are shining right now in the NBA. You could see. Uh, a, a team really wanted to buy in on him. But I'm going to take Baylor. I believe in them. I, I think that they proved to me against Kansas State. Not to say that, you know, I was really buying into Kansas State. But that game in general, it's like when you have to play shitty opponents, shitty opponents sometimes, like you have to work yourself up. They did not have to do that. Like they yeah. played a clinical game. They blew them out. You it didn't was, believe it, in Baylor until they beat Kansas State. No, I didn't believe Baylor was going to be a tier one Gonzaga. Like I am this much like, better I can beat than you. you. By like 50, I will just yeah, impose yeah, my will on yeah. you. You have no chance. Um, so I'll take Baylor confidence level eight, but Sharif Cooper is uh, going to play well. I'm, I'm very confident Baylor is going to win. Uh, I have Baylor for nine points, but I, yeah, I, mm. I'm with you. I think Sharif Cooper is going to be awesome. This feels like a game that the, the best case scenario for Auburn is, uh, remember the buddy healed at Allen Fieldhouse game yeah. where Kansas fans gave him a standing ovation when he came out to do the, <laughs> the interview with, with whoever the post was like, interview. we're impressed with you. Yeah. They yeah. stuck around just to give buddy Hill a standing ovation. Cause they were like, that was so awesome. But. Uh, also, Kansas won that game. Yeah, so they're fine. So yeah. they were fine. So like they didn't care. Like, are they sticking around to give them a standard ovation if they lose? No, Absolutely they're not. not. Uh, I feel like that this has that potential. Mm. That Sharif Cooper goes nuts. Sharif Cooper is the only thing people are talking about coming out of this game. Uh, he's the new number one pick, the it, new anointed guy. It could be Baylor a bad game for seven. Jared Butler. As yeah. far as like the you said, the Baylor fans that think he's the national player of the year and they've all bought in, like they, they are pushing that hard, you know. Yeah. And I feel like if this game, if Sharif Cooper, you know, like crosses him up a couple times or something like that or embarrasses him at one point, that could be tough for the national player of the year campaign. But yeah, I, I think Sharif Cooper is going to dominate the headlines and the highlights, but Baylor's going to win. Baylor's going to win. Baylor's going to yeah. win the basketball game. All right, moving on. Uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma State. This to me was one of the tougher ones. Um, I, I, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll you're, go you're, first you're because I, I, I'll let you go first. Yeah, because yeah. you you said it was one of your tougher ones, and I put confidence level ten on this game <laughs> um, because I uh, what we said at the start of the year that we were going to jump on a bandwagon, and I think that I know personally I've taken that charge lightly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have not been on the bandwagon as hard as I should be for Oklahoma yeah. State. I have not been able to ride for the Cowboys as I should have. I have not brought up John Lucas the third enough this entire season. So I said going into this game, I just want to show good faith. Mm-hmm. Confidence level 10. Give me the Cowboys. I know we got the must bus coming to town, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State. And this is a pick with my heart, not with my head. I could totally see Arkansas coming in and winning this game. Um, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Confidence level 10. Uh, my question is, is Cade Cunningham playing? That that's that really, is always the question. That yeah. is the I, – I don't understand what's going on with the – He warms up. He's in the building. Uh, I don't think he is playing, to be honest with you, but but unless there's some breaking news. Uh, but I picked them. This is I, a good faith pick for me. Yeah, Confidence level that, That's the only reason I'm not confident. So I have Oklahoma State as well, but only two points because I don't mm-hmm. know if Kate Cunningham's playing or not, but it is at Oklahoma State. As you said, we are on the bandwagon. Like yes. I, I think Oklahoma State's going to yes. win. I wanted uh, the Oklahoma State fans to see this graphic and think, that's the kind of bandwagon I like to see. Very evenly matched teams, by the way. Yes. According to Ken Palm, who is <laughs> this should be is, the toughest game to pick. Yeah, this in is, Ken Palm says Arkansas, at least when I was doing my notes, which was uh last night, Arkansas is thirty two, Oklahoma State is thirty three on Ken Palm. So mm. uh if you're if you're a big Ken Palm guy, this is kind of a coin flip. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. You you said it perfectly though. We're on the Oklahoma State bandwagon. I think they're even teams. I think Arkansas is is uh, uh, has has very balanced scoring. They're good. Moses Moody's good. Like I, we believe in Arkansas, mm-hmm. but uh, we can't be on the Oklahoma State bandwagon. I pick Oklahoma State. Yeah, but yeah. the uncertainty. If Kate Cunningham's playing, I might be doing ten points too. 
I might just I might I might I'm gonna say go that I made the pick thinking Cave was gonna play, right, even though fine. I did not. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tate's over there Googling and he's like, What? Cave? There's something going on with I know Kate is out. No, Oklahoma State looks but, good, even with the, I mean, they 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 play yeah, great they, defense. They, they also have like even in, even when Kate Cunningham does play or doesn't play, they always have like one guy step up. Mm-hmm. There's always uh, just down the line. There's it's never like a, a, a you know I, I don't know how to likely there's, there's, or one the, of those. Yeah, guys, yeah. Like, but but there's never it's never like this now falls on likely to carry yeah. the team. There's yeah. always a different guy that steps up every night, and I think uh, they're going to be just fine. So I, I have Oklahoma State for two points. Uh, all right, this this one is is probably the most interesting game to me in mm. terms of uh, it, it's at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's Kansas at Tennessee. I feel like both these programs, both these teams, at least not the program. I don't they wanna, both I don't need wanna, to win. I don't want to throw it on the programs. The programs mm. are fine. Mm-hmm. But these specific teams, boy, do they both need to win. Yes, desperately, desperately. And uh, my confidence level here is honestly uh, at, at, at minimum. I have one and I'm going to take Tennessee because they're at home. Uh, I want to get folked up this year. I have been trying to get mm-hmm. folked up, and uh, it has not happened. John Fulkerson's had a solid season, but Tennessee, I, I have no confidence in Tennessee. I want to have confidence in Tennessee. So this is the game I'm locking in on. Kansas has looked terrible. Kansas looks out of sorts. So yeah. if, if this is, you know, for Tennessee, if you want to have a game to build your confidence and get back, you know, on the right track, this is the game. I'm going to take the volunteers, but my confidence level is at a, a measly Dude. one. Uh, so I'm going to take Tennessee. But, I swear, uh, sure I swear, it. we didn't we didn't share our picks with each other before the show. Uh, we did not. In fact, I thought my picks were going to be, especially as yeah, I made my yeah. ten for Kate Cunningham and Oklahoma State, <laughs> a little bit off. But I, I like that they're working. We, out. We, uh, I, I swear, we didn't. In fact, if we did, I would have changed mine because I don't like agreeing with you. Yes. It's not fun. But I did. I took Tennessee for one point as well. I'm not confident mm-hmm. in this game. Um, I don't believe in either one of these teams this year moving forward. Tennessee, two ranked teams by the way, fifteen and eighteen. So on paper, it looks like a great game. On paper, it's like the best game of the. But the, and it bo- might be. It might be like the closest game right yeah. now. This is uh, Tennessee has turned into the stereotypical Mick Cronin team. Like they yeah. play unbelievable defense. You can't. We can't rip on Tennessee without saying they are awesome defensively. Mm-hmm. They 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 are very very good defensively. Ken Palm agrees. Offensively, mm. yikes! Yikes! Disaster. Yikes. Shooting thirty two percent from three. Uh, Eve Ponds has not been good. Fulkerson uh, on the offensive end. I know he's a great defender. Fulkerson is same thing. We, we want him to be Josh McRoberts. He's he's not quite there. <laughs> he's got a ways to go. I know v- Victor Bailey has been good. The transfer from Oregon. He's 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 been all right. But like the, the, they are not inspiring confidence to me. This game feels like a uh, a classic wrestle with the pig situation where mm-hmm. uh, everyone's going to get dirty, right? And Tennessee to me is the pig. I think yeah, Tennessee is yeah, going to yeah. like. It. I think it's they're going to muck it up. It's going to be just a. Under under normal circumstances, this is a game that Kansas wins, but these are not normal circumstances. This is going to be an ugly game, and I think Tennessee, being at home, I think the the ghost of Skyler McBee, remember in 2010 he hit <laughs> yeah, that three yeah, yeah, yeah. to beat Kansas and, and Knoxville. I, I like Tennessee by a little bit, but also if if Kansas wins, I don't care. This you is know, the like race not, to 49. I'm not going to feel stupid if Kansas wins because yeah, yeah. this is – I don't believe in either one of these teams. I, I, I watch Kansas play, and it's almost uh, confusing at times. Like yeah. You'll see Marcus Garrett pull the ball out and run a half-court set on a fast break. You know what yeah. I mean? Like They'll have a three-on-one, and he's like, let me pull the ball out. So it's, uh, it's a fascinating team to watch right now. I, I thought Kansas had a, a lot of hope to be a great defensive team, but Tennessee is probably a better defensive team. So we'll take the uh, volunteers. Moving on, at 6 p.m. Eastern, Wolf, in all capital letters, Wolf, yeah, Wolf, yeah, yeah, Wolf. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is uh, if – if uh, what what was the one earlier? I said don't watch the the Kansas State Texas A and M game. Yep. Um, if that's not the worst game, this one will be. Iowa State <laughs> at Mississippi State. I I'll just make it quick. Mississippi State eight points. Iowa State is bad, 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 bad. Uh, and Mississippi State is like uh, 
bad. <laughs> just one bad. Yeah. So I'm taking Mississippi State for eight points. I uh, I'm taking Iowa State, but for two points, and uh, it's basically just because I think both these teams are so bad that I can't even predict. And I predict that yeah, it was like you just said, it's bad versus batter. Like you know, like what what, what is the situation here? And I'm just gonna go with the odds of college basketball being weird and Iowa State winning. Iowa- it has nothing to do with Iowa State as a team. I don't think they're better. Than Mississippi State, but at a confidence level too, I'm just like whatever. I'm gonna don't, take Iowa don't State. Don't watch a second of this. Game, yeah, please, please, don't. please don't. Iowa State's only two wins this year against swag teams. I want to yeah. point that out. They they they're two. They're two. And a, That's why I put confidence level two. two. They have two wins. They're two in a thousand this year, and the two wins were against swag teams, and one was the first game of the year. So I do love the swag. They've though. lost eight of nine. Woof. Uh, and finally, we just got breaking news actually as we're recording this that Texas Kentucky's not happening. That was supposed to be the nightcap. Uh, it was supposed to be the standalone game. And it was going to be a game that I thought could go either way, especially because Shaka Smart wasn't going to coach it. And as, as it turns out, Texas just pulled the plug on the whole game altogether. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's worth talking about. But yeah, that that I, I'm I'm bummed because this this was going to be. I, I think if Kentucky beats Alabama, um, this would have been a lot better game. I have a feeling Kentucky is has pulled the plug on the season, and mm-hmm. John Calipari has fully shifted into just get guys drafted mode. Yeah, yeah. So season mode. If, but if Kentucky beat Alabama and there's still hope alive that Kentucky could make a run, this I, I feel like Kentucky would have won this game. But I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I guess it does, we're playing the what ifs. So yeah, this is the what if game. Uh, you know, Texas was to play at Kentucky eight o'clock at night. I had a confidence level nine in Texas, and that was with knowing that they would not have Shaka Smart, that they yeah. would probably only have five scholarship players. But I thought that this would be maybe the final nail in the coffin. Uh, for the Calipari area, you know, Ooh. for like six guys to come in that could play and they still beat your team of five stars. That could have been a moment in time. I thought that was going to happen this Saturday. So I think it's good for everybody that we've just canceled this game, postponed this game, whatever you want to say. Uh, and Cal's fine. He's playing for the offseason. Shaka and Texas has time to, you know, kind of get the team back together because right. this is a team that should be competing for the final four, but obviously you're dealing with COVID stuff. So I had, uh, I had, uh, had Texas back. I had Texas at four points, but but I, I knew Shaka was. I had him at nine. But, uh, just I wanted Big Blue Nation yeah. to laugh yeah. uh, and have fun. Go. But so uh, I'll recap mine. Ten points. I have Missouri over TCU. Nine Baylor over Auburn. Eight is Mississippi State over Iowa State. Seven is Texas Tech over LSU. Six Texas A&M over Kansas State. Five West Virginia over Florida. Four Texas over Kentucky, three Oklahoma over Alabama, two Oklahoma State over Arkansas, and one is Tennessee over Kansas. That's mine. There you go. There you go. Number 10 for me. All you need to know Oklahoma State over Arkansas at home. Lock it in. Book it. That's all you feel like. That's all all I need. That's all you need. That's going to carry you home. All right. 10 points. Uh, Let's talk to Andy Katz. Let's do it. Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by our friends at Homage. Fan gear that doesn't compromise on quality. Now that's a slam dunk. The good people at Homage pay tribute to your favorite teams and iconic moments from sports, pop culture, and more with ultra-comfortable, high-quality clothing for the whole family. Head to Homage.com for the softest hoodies, sweats, tees for the NBA, NFL, NCAA, WWE, movies, and more. Plus, Titus and Tate listeners can snag 20% off their first order with code TNT. T-A-N-D-T. Grab a gift for every all-star on your team or yourself and pay homage. That's homage.com. Offer code TNT. Joining us as always on Fridays, it is Andy Katz with some tier talk. Uh, I want to, I want to, I, I do a bad job every week, Andy, of, of we kind of like dive into discussion and I, I don't set the stage with your tiers. Uh, and, and we need, we need to do this this week. Uh, so we got Gonzaga Baylor tier one. And by the way, disclaimer, because I could feel Andy just kind of, losing his mind a little bit like this is this was two days ago 
A lot has changed between then and now. Uh, Gonzaga and Baylor at the top, obviously. Yep. He has tier two in parentheses 1B. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I think that's good, Andy. I like 1B. Uh, Villanova and Michigan. Tier three is Florida State, Virginia, Iowa, Alabama, Houston. Tier four, Ohio State, Illinois, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia. Tier four is loaded. Uh, Creighton, Drake, and then Boise State. And I think we got to start here, Andy. <laughs> You come He's on our show, stopping us. you yell at us that we don't believe in Boise State, and then immediately, <laughs> immediately, the Broncos. What happened? Mm. Okay, let me defend myself. Um, first of all, yes, I did do these before that game ended late on the East Coast. But I actually emailed um, our team at FoxSports.com, and I said, you know what? I'm going to leave it. Because, yes, Boise got rocked at Colorado State. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is not easy to go into Moby. Uh, sidebar, years ago, um, when I used to cover the WAC, what they used to do is they actually would put a live ram by the visitor bench. And it would <laughs> stink that. to high heaven. And it would <laughs> do whatever it's going to do on the back end. And really... <laughs> fumigate that visitor bench they Love got rid it. of the live mascot um mm. so that added to how difficult uh, how difficult the place it was to play so boise so look, state was ready for the our state <laughs> they are clearly on the up in the mountain west so i'm reserving judgment to okay. see if boise can get a split and they play friday night at colorado state because if they get a split at colorado state then i think boise still deserves to be on the back end of the tier four. Now, I will say this before you even ask me, and I got some flack on this, with where's Tennessee? Um, Tennessee, to me, has been very disappointing the last couple of weeks. I very. agree with that, Andy. I think they yeah. got to earn their way back in to my good graces because of the way they've played lately. Well, congratulations to Boise State. It sounds like you're declaring them a blue blood, giving them blue blood treatment where they lose, and you're like, no, hang on. <laughs> hang like, on. They have a chance to write this. <laughs> like Duke was I, – I see Duke. You have Duke and Kentucky in Tier 5. We, we cut that out, though. We didn't uh, – <laughs> we didn't want a three hundred, but no. Uh, all right, we'll, we won't give up on Boise State yet. Uh, I, I I have this bone to pick with you though, Andy. I saw this week you were interviewing Mark Few and Scott Drew at the mm. same time, uh, and and you're doing like, I I don't may, maybe I'm just like too cynical, maybe I'm just like too much of a negative guy, but like I don't I didn't like the visual, Andy. I'll be honest, I didn't like you rubbing both their bellies and like, <laughs> hey Mark, say something nice about Scott and Scott say something. <laughs> Like, we have this situation in college basketball. It only comes around once every so often where there's, like, two Titans. You want beef. You want yeah. rivalries. We have yeah. a rivalry set up. They were supposed to play <laughs> each other. Bloods. They didn't play each other this year. Yep. Like, that is the theme of college basketball. We want them to hate each other. Their names are similar. Drew and Few. <laughs> like, it's all line. They Neither one of them have ever won a title before. It's all aligned for this to be awesome. And then you're having these two guys on your uh, on, on the same interview where you're mm. like, aren't we all friends? Like, what, what what's going on, Andy? Okay, first of all, you're not going to get them to dislike each other. That's just not in their DNAs. Um, so if we want a hated rivalry, you know, we're going to have to wait for something else because it's not going to happen with Gonzaga and Baylor. Former Zags are on the Baylor staff. Uh, mm -hmm. Scott Drew comes from the Homer Drew of, um, you know, uh, uh, niceties, if you will. I mean, he's like the nicest human being, uh, not just in the state of Indiana, but maybe in the country. Disgusting. And so nice it guy. is filtered <laughs> off to the family. Um so I, I, you're not going to get that. Now, here's the interesting scenario, okay? Mm. Because Santa, uh, you know, I don't think the Big 12 will do this. But on February 6th, 
there's an opening for Gonzaga because Santa Clara's on pause. And so now they have an open weekend. I would love mm-hmm. to see Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 say, you know what, TCU? I'm sorry, Jamie Dixon and your crew. You're going to put that game off. We're going to have mm-hmm. Baylor play that weekend against Gonzaga. I don't think it'll mm-hmm. happen. But suddenly we've got an open weekend for Gonzaga. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, if it doesn't happen sooner than later, it's not going to happen. And at that point, if we get to a point like third week in February and it's clearly not going to happen, then I say let's get them both undefeated. I'm going to actually put a mm-hmm. fan hat on. I'm going to root for it. And I yep. want to see both of them April 5th in the title undefeated, game. Guaranteed the first undefeated national champ since 1976 and if we have two undefeated teams now they wouldn't be 40 you know like kentucky tried to be in, in 15 but if we have two undefeated teams playing for the national yeah. championship at lucas oil that would certainly put a capper on in the state that bob knight built yeah. yeah in the state that the last undefeated team came from andy i think i think a lot of hoosiers would be very upset with that they to be rubbing it in your face like mm-hmm. that i just had a problem and do you have you have the two coaches like we, we want like the heavyweight like it's like a a boxing you know the weigh-in mm-hmm. and you have them sitting across from each other like they, they're not <laughs> hugging each other they're not just like you know throwing their arm around each other. We, we need some more whatever who cares <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I have to ask you about Tier 3 because I think Titus and I, we've been watching the ACC all season. We've been trying to figure out who's going to take the leap. you got Florida State. you got Virginia there. Um, what do they have to do to kind of get into that 1B, a.k.a. Tier 2 status? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you jump up and get there? Because Florida State and Virginia are both hot right now. And I feel like a lot of people have turned against Virginia this year, but they're still, you know, obviously the, the best team in the ACC, it seems, right now. So what do they have to do to jump up to Tier 1, Tier 1B? So, first of all, I would challenge you on that. I don't think it's obvious. I think Florida mm. State could say they That's are the what best I wanted team you to in the say, Andy. The manner yes. in which they're just crushing teams. Yes. Uh, Virginia had that big scare against Georgia Tech, and we do know the welder, Chuck Pastner, um, <laughs> if you've seen the way he's wearing the headgear. Um, you know, he's actually got a squad that's got great fight in them, and they really should have beaten Duke at Cameron. They kind of fumbled that game away in the last mm. minute and a half. Uh, yep. They were the better team, I thought, for most of that game. Jose Alvarado was taking it to Duke. So Georgia Tech pushed Virginia really toward the end, um, and Virginia held on. I, I, I want to reserve judgment before we see Florida State versus Virginia, but I think Florida mm. State has a legit shot to not be a one seed, but to crack a tier two kind of situation where we're looking mm. at them like Love a it. final four contender because they've Love got it. the goods certainly to do that. I mean, the difference with this Florida state team since they came off a pause is they've been scoring exceptionally well. Usually yep. Leonard Hamilton's teams, they defend and sometimes they go through droughts and they, you know, sometimes it's manufactured scoring, but they're getting up and down and they're not being led by Scotty Barnes, who was their highest profile, um, you know, player. So, yep. um, you know, he's, he's one of their guys. And I think his ceiling is only going to rise. And so, you know, they're only going to get better. I love the Seminoles. I love that. Uh, I, I want to I, I ask you this because I'm, I'm curious because I, I, I sometimes rank teams and put stuff together. And I know, I know what's going on in your brain as you do this. And you always, you're always throwing a team or two on there that's like, I don't actually believe in this team, but I feel obligated to put them on there. So that's my question to you, Andy, is which, which team is it this week and why is it Creighton? so that was a good example because i was holding my breath a little in the seton hall game because i was all in on creighton but i think that's a great example of their fight their ability to finish games marcus zagorowski um has not been 100 healthy this season 
and, and, and once he hopefully does get healthy later this month, uh, the combination of Zegarowski and Mitchell Ballack, you know, will give them that one-two punch. Um, you know, at the end of last season, by the way, I know they had Tyson Alexander as well, but they were one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country, and they were they were going in the right direction yep. where I think they would have been a real tough out toward the end of the season. So uh, Creighton, I still – I hedged on them. I really did. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then when they held off and won at Seton Hall, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I put them in. I want to circle back one quick thing because I know – even though he's wearing a Nets jersey, he's got Carolina blood in him. Uh, I will say this. I do think if you were to say, and this will stir the pot a little. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, speaking of stocks, stocks are in mm. the news right now. Um, <laughs> if I were to buy stock in a team on Tobacco Road, I would buy it more in Carolina than oh. Duke over the final month of the season. Absolutely, Whoa. Andy. Wow. Six out of seven. Hey, the banner. That. Yeah. Hey, the banner. I told you. That? Stop talking about the Blue Bloods being dead. We're okay. We're okay. We're just sitting over here. Yeah, Carolina is definitely figuring things out. They're heading in the right direction. Um, I just don't have faith. In, in, and everyone thinks I hate Duke, which is not true. But still, I'm, I'm not buying in to this particular Duke team. Neither am I. Uh, Neither am I. I. I had this thought, too. So I saw you had Drake listed, um, which I, I, I won't. 15 I won't, and 0, Titus. Yeah, I won't make you say whether or not that was an ob- obligated pick. <laughs> hey, they swept Missouri State, yeah. which only had one loss. <laughs> You know, prior uh, to that, I mean, these are road yeah. games. Okay, yeah. I, I had a bigger picture question about Drake and Winthrop, who's also undefeated, 16-0. Uh, do you anticipate, um, if both these teams are undefeated, and it's probably unlikely they'll they'll enter March Madness undefeated, but just for a thought exercise, if they are, do you anticipate this being a challenge for the committee in terms of where to seed them, or do you think it's going to actually be more straightforward than, you know, they're obviously not going to get one seeds. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not arguing they should, but um, – do you think it's even going to be a challenge at all? Do you think they're even going to they're going to sweat over the fact that there's a zero in the loss column, or do you think it's just going to be like, oh, the Winthrop's 115 on Ken Palm? They're obviously not that good. Here's a 12 seed. Be happy with it. Um, yeah. So on Winthrop, I don't see them getting that highest seed. Uh, yeah. I think uh, you know 11, 12 could be their ceiling. Um, Drake will be interesting. Uh, yeah, whether or not they can get as high, you know, you know, could they get as high as a six? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'd probably say no. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's not fair, but they literally have nothing on the resume prior to the Valley. And while the Valley is decent, um, that hurts. You know, go back to Loyola Chicago, okay? When they got to the Final Four, they won at Florida. And that carried weight, and they still didn't get a great seed. So, um, you know, the the Valley – and look, I know it's unprecedented, but um, – there's just nothing else on that resume outside of the Valley for them. And so I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt and be a much higher seed, even if they end up being undefeated. I think you celebrate a six seed if you're Drake. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that would be pretty good. Uh, my, my last question for you, Andy, uh, explain the conference tournament situation. I, Tate and I obviously know what's going on. We're, we're, we're in this. Uh, we're very, very smart. But maybe for some of our slower listeners, uh, there's a lot of talk about teams maybe opting out of conference tournaments, maybe conferences as a whole, they're going to opt out. Um, we got the big 10 situation where they may play in Indianapolis. They may and play stay in Indianapolis. In, uh, All right, again, let me clear it up. Yeah. What, what's going on? Um, okay. I'm going to tell you what I think will happen. I think there's a lot more bark than bite. And I'll give you a couple examples. Number one, uh, the big 10 has not announced yet, but I fully expect them to announce that they're going to Indianapolis. So now you take the big 10, put them in Indy. Perfect. They're under the protocols of Marion County the whole way through. They're fine. They hold their tournament. They're good. 
Big 12 is going to Kansas City and going to create a bubble in Kansas City and go right from Kansas City to Indy. So they're good. Uh, ultimately, I think the ACC uh, and, and the SEC will have their tournaments. Um, even if one or two opts out, that's not going to affect the committee because I don't see a bottom dweller winning it. So mm-hmm. whoever would win it would still be a, probably a team that would, be, would have been in at large. But mm-hmm. think about, and this is unfortunate, think about parts of the country. And, you know, SEC tournament in Nashville, ACC as of now in North Carolina. These are places that have been a little bit different than the Northeast or California or the Northwest in terms of the virus. They actually may be allowing fans. And, you know, the American, for example, is having their tournament in Frisco, Texas. Texas has had a different attitude on the virus. Mm -hmm. They've already allowed fans. They're going to have their tournament. I'm convinced of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the big one out there is Gonzaga. Do they convince the WCC not to have it or do they opt out? And if they opt out, you know, ultimately, I think that could hurt them because now you're going on, they would be, what, from March 1st or something? Mm-hmm. They would go all the way from there till March 19th or 20th without playing. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's a long time. I don't care how good you are. Uh, we just saw it, and they're, obviously they're better than Michigan State, but we just saw what happened in Michigan State, you know, mm-hmm. when they didn't play for 20 days. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that's a good thing for their rhythm. And so, you know, and the other thing, I'll just say this about conference tournaments. Yes, they're not going to have the gates this year. They normally would. But the television contracts, you know, are important. And if the Mm -hmm. Big East, for example, doesn't happen, why would Fox Sports have to pay the Big East the same amount? Yeah, we're going to kill you. Less windows. If the Big East doesn't play, we're going to kill dollars. (laughs) A lot of them originate in those conferences. The WCC last year, well, they didn't get their NCAA tournament money. They got all their conference money because they actually finished their tournament before we shut down. So they got their TV windows, they got their corporate sponsorship. And so they actually were able to meet their budget up to that point. And there's value in that. And so I don't think um, that if we have a few, maybe, I think the majority of these, if not all, will happen. So, Mm. but, but what is the, what is the thought about not doing it? So like why, like everything you said makes sense to us, obviously. Uh, But what is just paranoia of the virus? It's just like paranoia. Okay. Of um, the that. seven days of negative testing before you arrive in Indy, which, by okay. the way, you know, if you're Gonzaga, um, you know, the WCC ends on like March um, 8th or 7th. And so you still could have seven day negative. You can go back to Spokane if you want, have seven days negative, arrive in Indy if you want on the 15th right. or something. You're still not going to play until, you know, the following Saturday or Sunday. So, um, I still think there's plenty of room. Um, or I guess it could have been Friday. You could play Friday or Saturday, excuse me, um, because the first four is going to be Thursday. So either Friday or Saturday, but they could position and play Saturday as the top overall or, or the co-one. Um, I just think ultimately, unless things change dramatically, which obviously everything's fluid, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. And the last thing I will tell you guys is conference commissioner, conference commissioner. So hypothetically, let's say, this happens. Gonzaga pulls out and Pacific wins the WCC. So now they take Pacific, maybe BYU and Gonzaga. Three bids. Where's that bid coming from? What if it comes from mm. the Big East and Providence doesn't make it? If I'm mm. Val Ackerman, am I going to be happy with Gloria Navarez and says, wait a minute. You know, you guys scanned the system. Mm-hmm. One of your teams that shouldn't have won it, didn't have to play Gonzaga, won it. Now you take away a bid from my league from a team that 
should be in. Um, I think that's going to create a lot of tension if stuff like that happens. Yeah. It should be great for guys like us who have yeah. to talk we, about. Yeah, we like drama some drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck to your Boise State Broncos uh, trying to get that split with Colorado State. I know you're sweating bullets. Hoping. By the way, Mark, see, had you played back then at Moby? No offense, yeah. but you know, you were toward the back part of that bench. Uh, you would have been near that ram. Oh, uh, I would have found ways to get off. The, I would have been like in the locker room, probably just on Twitter <laughs> during the game or something. <laughs> uh, thanks, Andy. Thanks, You're the best, Andy. man. Quick break to talk about our friends at Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before mm. opening it. I'm guilty of this date. I, uh, I, I, every, anytime my parents send me a card, I know there's cash in it and, and you do the, you kind of do the song and dance. If you're opening in front of them and you got to yeah. kind of like, you got to read the card. Yeah. You got to read, read the card. So you open it, you let the cash fall out. Mm-hmm. You can't be like too eager to get the cash. But you also but don't want you your also, cousin to pick up the cash that has fallen on the ground. Very, very, very weird thing. I'm, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but the, <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge that like, that is, Thank you, Discover. that is a, that messes me up every time I, I do that. But, uh. Uh, but in this case, we're not dealing with birthday cards. The, the great thing about Discover, you don't have, you don't have to do that. It, it, the the money is stuffed with your first year mm. cashback match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note to whoever sent you the card. So cashback match only by Discover. Learn more at discover.com/match. Discover something brighter. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Homage, a legendary offer just for Titus and Tate listeners from the makers of the most comfortable fan clothing around. We've got the jump at Homage. Homage crafts famously soft fan clothing that doesn't compromise on quality. And for a limited time only, Titus and Tate listeners can score 20% off their first order at Homage.com. Collections that mark iconic moments in teams from the NFL, NBA, NCAA, and more, all printed on ultra-soft hoodies, tees, and sweats. Simply use offer code TNT to save 20% on legendary looks. That's Homage.com, offer code TNT. All right, thanks to Andy as always. He's the best. Love having him on. I I, I don't just say that either. I, I swear he's not like still on the line when I say this. I stuff. forgot he's to ask about him about the eight hundred million. You know what I mean? I just wanted yeah. to like see his reaction to that because then Andy's like, I work for the NCAA. Eight yeah. hundred million. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, shout out to closeouts. Say, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, shout out to Jalen Crutcher. Uh, you and I are Dayton Flyers fans. We are mm-hmm. frequent Flyers for life. And Jalen, uh, I'm now calling him Jalen Clutcher. 27 mm-hmm. points, hit a big shot. They beat tw- number 22 St. Louis this weekend or early in the week. So shout out to Jalen Crutcher. Big fat thumbs up for Dayton basketball. Always, yeah, always. Uh, I want to shout out Clemson being back. Yeah, uh, they beat nice. Louisville. Shout out Mike Rutherford, by the way, who friend of the program came on the show. Uh, made me feel like a real a real boob, we'll say, Tate, mm. that I didn't realize that uh, Louisville had been ranked. <laughs> in the top 25, yeah. Yeah, and then I look it up, and like they've been ranked four weeks. Two of the weeks, they were literally 25th. Mm-hmm. One of one week, they were 23rd, and like they've never been ranked more than two weeks in a row, and I, I, I was made to feel Yet like Yet somehow, Mike, as he pointed out, it was half of the season, because yeah, it was four yeah. and eight and weeks, then, so it sounds like he's also like, like yeah. how could I miss that? It's like, how do I miss the team that barely dipped their – toe yes. and the, at the 25 spot uh but good news for those Clemson of us who said bye yeah the toodaloo <laughs> toodles <laughs> brad brownell said toodles uh louisville will be unranked in the next bowl so there you have it uh but yep. shout out mike for being excited that a team that's won three national titles is in the top 25 you got very excited about yeah that. just keep an eye on it you know what i mean it's always asking uh shout out mitch ballack uh who hit 
a million threes against Seton Hall at 29 points, hit a shot yep. from half court basically with like four <laughs> seconds left on the shot clock for no reason whatsoever. You put a nice little video up of that play. Yeah, I, I broke it down. It, go yeah. go watch it on Twitter. I put it on Twitter. I did a breakdown of the Mitch Ballack shot from half court. Uh, he was balling out against Seton Hall, so I wanted to shout him out. And then finally, my last shout out, Tate. Women's basketball. We are a college basketball podcast. We are not just a men's college basketball podcast. We're not afraid to talk women's college basketball. Not at all. Uh, Ivory ladder for life. Tuesday. Wait, what, what's today? Friday? Thursday night. Mm. I'm sorry. The number two team in the country, North Carolina State, yep. lost at Virginia Tech in overtime. But that's not all. We also saw the number three team in the country, UConn, not number one. Against, uh, you know, a lot of people think UConn's always number one. Not the case. They were mm-hmm. number three. Uh, they lost at Arkansas. So we had the number two and the number three teams lose on the same day. Uh, and then the other note I had is NC State is at number one Louisville on Monday. Yes. So that's going to be awesome. So Pack Pride, I, I, I got to see how they're taking this. Thing. I did not see that they lost that game, but I did see the interview prior to that game as they were talking about the number one, number two matchup. They're talking to the head coach. This is uh, Wes Durham. You know, he does a show Packer and yeah. Durham on the AC Network. So I was watching this interview and, you know, for me, I'm like, has NC State ever been this this good at women's basketball, and they show the graphics like NC State was number one in 1992, or like they were number two in 1996. Mm-hmm. So NC State women's basketball, uh, a powerhouse that I did not quite know about. Uh, that was a powerhouse. So this is good for Pack Pride. They need something to kind of stake their claim mm-hmm. on. It used to be bass fishing. That was their big thing. They're Listen. national champions in bass fishing at NC State. Now it's women's basketball. You so said NC State was the best team in the ACC. Uh, <laughs> I said State. I said State was the best team. We'll find out on Monday. Maybe they beat Louisville. Maybe <laughs> NC State actually is the best team in the ACC. Fingers that, crossed. That's all I have for shouts. You got anything else? No, that's all I got. I just want. I mean, I did have written out that Sharif Cooper is the best, uh, the best draft prospect, and I said he had 28 points in 28 minutes um, over Missouri. But I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. So shout out again to Sharif Cooper. Shout out to Bruce Pearl for having integrity and bringing him back. Um, but that's all I have. Did we disagree on any of the SEC Big 12 picks? Iowa State. Iowa State's the one. Yeah. And I did so that more for last. It's going to come down to like confidence picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Iowa State, yeah. Because I have eight points on that Iowa State Mississippi State game. Come on, so Iowa that, State. That'll be, this is the time. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, like, the, the, the game that's going to decide which one of us wins this is, is the, the game most, yeah. We should not watch. The Nobody most, should watch yeah, this. Non essential game <laughs> of the season. So good. Uh, feel free to join us. Send us your picks. If yes. you, you want to play along, tweet at us. It's whatever. on Saturday. Get it, Watch with us. It's tweet all day Saturday. Us. Get it on record. Uh, you can't talk shit unless you put it on paper as well. Yep. I don't want to hear people pointing out how stupid we are unless you're putting <laughs> your, your neck on the line. So yeah. uh, send us your picks. Tweet them, Titus and Tate, at Titus and Tate. Uh, and and I don't know. We'll read to if, if someone beats us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll point we'll, it out. We'll give you one retweet. That's we're not we afraid to lose. Yeah, we're not That's afraid what we to should lose. say. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, all right. Good luck to all the Big 12 SEC teams. We'll see you guys next week.